0: Final week of the Ontario election and a lot of talk about affordability over the last few days, or lack thereof. Each of the party leaders have released their plans to address rising food costs, but will any of these plans, will they actually work? Here's Janet Music with the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University who joins us for more on this topic. Janet, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us on the show. Uh, First off, can you just kind of put this into context for us? I mean, uh, we're all living it uh, daily, uh, week after week, with a trip to the uh, grocery store. But uh, just uh, how big of a problem right now are food prices?
1: Well, you know, food prices have risen significantly in the last six months even. Uh, You know, they released a number of stats can last. Couple of weeks ago now, I think, and 9.7 uh, percent food price inflation, which is in fact significant, and and people are feeling it. Uh, they're seeing it, and they're 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 worried, and rightfully so because it's uh, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, sure, and obviously it's something we can't do without, right? Food, we've got to buy it. We got to go to the grocery store. So we wanted to ask you about a few of the uh, parties' uh, plans as we're into the final week of the election campaign here in Ontario. And I wanted to start with the Liberals, if we could, and liberal leader uh, Steven del Duca, because uh, his party, they are promising to remove the eight percent eight percent, sorry, provincial portion of the harmonized sales tax on prepared food items under twenty dollars. Will that do anything for food prices overall, do we think, Janet?
1: Well, you know, I guess it really depends on how much of that prepared food you know you take home. Most people, you know, they, they have it a bit, but it doesn't make up the bulk of their purchases. You know, it's a really good sentiment. Uh, you know, at least they're thinking about it. It's moving in the right direction. But will it have a big impact on the majority of households? I don't really think so. I think, you know, a lot of the issues that we're seeing with food prices are really out of control of Ontario and Canada in general. And so... You know, I think I applaud, uh, you know, Del Del Duca making this an election issue. Most times food doesn't even warrant a mention, let alone, you know, a a policy kind of blurb. But, you know, I don't know how how far that's going to go for most people.
0: All right. Meantime, the NDP and the Greens—they have both made a similar pledge to improve transparency in the industry. Uh, basically, uh, trying to make sure that uh, we know uh, where the costs are. That to retailers of food, particularly, I guess, the, the big grocery store chains, that they're, they're not colluding and keeping prices uh, high. That we're not seeing things like we saw maybe with uh, bread when that was revealed a couple of years ago. What do you make of that pledge by the NDP and the Greens for more transparency in the industry? Would that help when it comes to rising food costs?
1: Well, you know, certainly transparency is better. Uh, we'll never say otherwise. But, I mean, how are they going to enforce that? And so, you know, the problem, I don't, you know, transparency is a problem, but You know, it's also a problem that 80% of the food, the retail food market in Canada is controlled by five major players. So it's not a lot of competition. And, you know, I know they're talking about profiteering and colluding, but it is extremely difficult to prove that that's happening. And, you know, you mentioned the bread, uh, you know, cartel or the bread price fixing And, you know, we only really found out about that because Galen Weston released a a press release on it. Otherwise, you know, I don't know that most Canadians would even have noticed that. You know, it makes for really good political rhetoric. I don't know if it actually is enforceable or in terms of policy, how they would even go about addressing that
0: Mm. the greens by the way janet i also wanted to mention they're promising to provide startup funding and land for more community-owned healthy food markets what do you make of that uh, promise
1: you know it's 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 a it's a great it's a great promise it will be interesting to see where that where the the funding comes from that which you know it's funding is not uh You know, it doesn't, you know, the old adage, it doesn't grow on trees. And part of the reason we're seeing inflation the way we are right now is because we kind of treated it like it grows on trees. Money was super cheap during the pandemic. And, you know, that's not placing the blame on any one party or any one government. It was kind of a reaction to an unprecedented situation. But it comes with a cost and inflation is is kind of the result of, of that you know, throwing money at the problem situation and that's what we're living in now. And, and you know, I think uh, a little more definition on, you know, I think they mentioned giving land. You know, where is this going to come from and who is going to pay for this? And, you know, we know as consumers that the one real defining feature of consumer behavior is price. And, you know, people, you know, they say they want local, they say they want green, but at the end of the day, you know, are we paying for, you know, are we paying for that? Most mm-hmm. will, will will default to the cheaper option.
0: All right. Just in our final minute, uh, obviously, I have to ask you about the conservatives, the uh, PCs. Uh, they want to lower the gas tax by uh, nearly six cents uh, per liter. We know that uh, fuel costs and uh, gas costs drive up uh, all prices because, of course, uh, the produce and the rest of the items got to get there uh, to the grocery store, usually uh, by truck. Uh, Do you think this would make a difference in the cost or the price of food?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because this one actually isn't talking about the end of the supply chain, the, the part that we all see as consumers, the part that we're confronted with. This actually will impact the supply chain rate right to the seed going into the ground. It's all dependent on fossil fuels, right? Uh, you know, farmers use a lot of energy to kind of get the get harvest from the ground to the manufacturer, from the manufacturer to the store. So this, you know, would have a little bit more of um, a ripple effect through the supply chain. So it's a really interesting tactic to take, but in terms of us as a, you know, a consumer, we don't really think about when we pick up a package of cookies, the amount of energy that went into making that, that package and right. and fossil fuels hits it, you know, at almost every stop on the supply chain. So that's an interesting uh, approach.
0: All right. I got to leave it there. We're out of time. Janet, really appreciate your time and insight as always. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Janet Music is with Delhousie University and we're back after this.